Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Well, I want to welcome um, our guests, um, Ms. Richards, our presenter, and others who are here, uh, Dr. Casconi, and other guests here to uh, participate in our workshop today. We uh, begin with uh, the sacrifice of the Mass and take the opportunity to reflect a little on the life of St. Polycarp, who's, who's actually quite an appropriate patron for us to invoke at the beginning of these, uh, these days of holy leisure, of uh, reflection and refreshment. Uh, Polycarp, I'll just say a few brief words about him. He was a disciple of, uh, it is believed, the, the Apostle John himself. So he had known the Apostle John and uh, spent time with him and, and learned the ways of, of Jesus by imitating St. John. Polycarp was a bishop in the early church in the city of Smyrna, which would be in Asia Minor, and was martyred at a late age. He was in his 80s or 90s, I believe, I believe when he was martyred. We know this because we have a, a, an account of his martyrdom uh, that was written not long after his death and circulated among the churches. And you can read that account of that martyrdom written probably in the second century. It's uh, quite a gifted writer who paints the scene of this elderly man who refuses to renounce Jesus, burning at the stake. He's burned at the stake. But the scene is very vividly described, and it's unforgettable. I, I've, it, it's quite moving to even think on it. But this elderly man tied to the stake, being uh, set fire to it, and this great wall of flame rises up, and it says it, it billows out around him like a sail. So he, he's, in a sense, protected by this, by this layer of, of air or wind. There's a great wind that's blowing through, and then the flames are sort of kept at a, at a distance from him. And there's the unmistakable smell of baking bread. What an interesting detail to include in the account of martyrdom. Associations there with, with the Eucharist of, of, a, of a soul who's completely handed over in conformity to Jesus, who gives himself as bread, right? But I, I take it almost as a, as a sort of a little signal to those who would have been present, who's really in charge here, <laughs> right? It appears to be the powers of this world, right? Those who are applying these terrible tortures of persecution to the church, but that, but that powerful sensory experience would have communicated unmistakably to the, to the people there, what, what's really happening here, right? So Polycarp, I think, is beautiful to invoke because of these very concrete and sensory associations, which are all about the kinds of things we want to be presenting to our children to capture their imaginations in our work of education, right? But also because Polycarp is an instance of this chain of discipleship that we are a link in a chain that we have received our discipleship from others, hopefully an imitation. We have those we look to, persons in our lives that we, that we honor and, and reverence and, and imitate. And then hopefully others, as in accordance with the, the saying of St. Paul, become imitators of Christ to the extent that, that we are imitators of Christ. They imitate us insofar as we imitate Christ. That, in a sense, summarizes the mission of, of education. 
And I just want to uh, give us all a chance here at the beginning of our days of reflection. Um, it's been, a, it's, uh, I think I've grown tired of saying it's been a challenging year. We've asked a lot of our students. We've asked a lot of our families. We've asked a lot of you, our teachers. Um, that is something that I hope these next days will give us a chance to process and reflect under uh, Colleen's leadership and, and her perspective and her expertise. But I also think it'll be a chance for us to regather our momentum and spur one another, spur one another on to, to even greater achievements, even greater progress in our work. Um, I want to encourage you. We are, I think, in a place where I'm very proud of the work that our teachers are doing, uh, the feedback that I'm getting from parents and, and, and even students. It's very positive. There's so many encouraging things happening in, in our classrooms right, that, that you are responsible for. And I, I just I want to make sure that everything that we do and that we talk about is heard in this context, that uh, we're very proud of what's happening here. It's not perfect. And we're not done by any means. And that's actually something that I want to speak to. Um, I came across this, this quote from Viktor Frankl's Man's, Man's Search for Meaning. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that book, but uh, he wrote it after his time in the concentration camps of Auschwitz. And <clears throat> he wrote about what, what set the differences, what set apart the people who as a whole tended to to be able to persevere through those sufferings and privations and terrible cruelties and, and those who were not. And he identified that the, the key distinguishing factor was a sense of meaning. I have a purpose. I have something to live for and to strive for that is waiting for me on the far side of this ordeal. That communicated to him, at least in his experience and what he observed in the people around him, a sense of purpose and meaning that allowed his suffering to be properly understood and, and not to be overwhelmed by it, as overwhelming as you can imagine it must have been. Right? If anybody can live through that, right, if anybody can survive that, we ought to listen to what they have to say. What, what's their advice? When we ourselves face difficulty, now we're not in a concentration camp. <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're in a much more comfortable surrounding. We're not facing those kinds of persecutions. But the lessons that he offers, I think, are helpful. And he says, he has this to say. He says, mental health is based on a certain degree of tension. A certain degree of tension. It's the tension between what one has already achieved and what one still ought to accomplish on the gap between what one is and what one should become. Such attention, he says, is inherent in the human being and therefore is indispensable to mental well-being. That's an important reminder for us, right? this tension that we all feel. We feel it. I feel it. I'm coming up on 10 years of priesthood. And I look back over the 10 years, and I, I really, every single year of priesthood has been harder than the previous one, without exception. Now, I could perhaps conclude from that, maybe I'm, in, maybe I'm, not, in the, I'm not called to be a priest. <laughs> I'm not getting better at it. <laughs> it's getting harder. But I think Frankel would say, no, 
That's part of life. That's a sign, actually, we could say from a spiritual perspective that God is at work in our lives. Not giving us any more than we can handle, but never simply letting us coast. Always taking the opportunities to be sanctifying and purifying and nourishing us and prompting us to more and to greater things. But I don't think it's any stretch to say, too, that this is also what we want for our children. We want to present to them the tension and to allow them to to learn how to negotiate the tension between what they have yet to do and who they are now. That's a beautiful summary of, of what the goal of an education might be. So Frankel concludes, we should not be hesitant about challenging anyone with a potential meaning for them to fulfill. It is only in this way that we evoke his desire for meaning from its state of latency, he calls it. Let's take that in mind. Let's place these intentions and these thoughts and these meditations on the altar and ask the Lord to fill them. Ask the Lord to speak into them over these next couple of days. There's a tension between who we are and who we ought to become. As we submit that to his intercession, or to to the intercession of St. Polycarp, as we submit that to the grace and blessing of the Lord, whom we serve in this mission of education, may it give us a deep sense of hope and trust that what we are about is for the good of our souls and the souls of those entrusted to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.